0: This week's episode of The Amazing Nerd Show is sponsored by Stamps.com. Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly one million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the US Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're an office sending out invoices or a side hustle Etsy shop, or a full blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. Listeners, all you'll need is a computer and standard printer, no special
1: supplies, or equipment needed within minutes you're up and running printing official postage for any letter any package anywhere and you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS once your mail is ready
0: just schedule a pickup or just drop it off No traffic, no lines. Really cut the confusion out of shipping. With Stamps.com's new rate advisor tool, you can compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option. You can save time and money with Stamps.com, there is no risk, and with our promo code POD, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. There's no long-term
1: commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in POD. That's stamps.com, promo code P-O-D.
0: That's stamps.com, never go to the post office again. Nerds,
1: it's time to suit up or shut up. Launching Badass Rockabilly track. ANS protocol is active, now inserting Celestial Orb into your esophagus.
0: Time to save the world with some wrestling, video games, movies, horror, and more. Launching ANS in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to The Amazing Nerd Show.
1: Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is The Amazing Nerd Show. All right, so this week we have a film review from Marvel's Eternals. Plus, we're talking all the news from Disney Plus Day, and we're giving our predictions for AEW's Full Gear. All right, but before we move on, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast
0: platform. And while you're at it, give us a five-star review and DM us a screenshot. Not only will we read it on the show, but we'll send you some amazing nerd show swag let's get into the news every week we collect the biggest headlines and rumors of nerdum. we're not mild-mannered reporters we're mere podcasters with opinions
1: all right we're starting off this week with some major spoilers for spider-man no way home so if you're trying to go into the movie blind go to our timestamps and skip ahead again major spoilers warning spoiler alert huge spoilers for spider-man ahead you have
0: been warned But all right, leaked Spider-Man images have confirmed guest stars for No Way Home. So new alleged photo leaks from the upcoming Spider-Man No Way Home film apparently reveal Tom Holland's Spider-Man will be joined by the two previous movie Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. In addition, Charlie Cock apparently will be reprising his role from the Netflix Daredevil series as Matt Murdock uh the images were initially released on twitter by someone called john Campa or campy whoever uh apparently he claims that he thought the images were fake uh and then once he found out from someone in the know that they were actually probably real he deleted them as soon as possible um that sounds fishy at best that uh, absolutely makes no sense anyway um, Of course, before he could delete the photos, they spread across the internet like wildfire. Um, A lot of people are pointing out a bunch of different clues, pointing to the photos actually being authentic. I don't know, Christian, have you seen these photos? What do you think? You know, it's stuff that we already figured was going to be in the movie, so I'm not, like,
1: disappointed by it. But I'm I'm definitely excited to have a confirmation that Charlie Cox will be there. Do you feel like the photos are legit? I think there's a maybe 20% chance that they could be doctored you know they mm-hmm. could be photoshopped in uh but at the
0: same time you know it's it is what it is i kind of feel like at this point like if they were fake marvel and Kiff and Fonky would like get out in front of it and like say no these are bullshit you know carry on nothing to see here um just because you don't want people's hopes to get too high um the mm. fact that they've like remained silent I think, says everything that needs to be said. They're probably legit. Uh, But like you were saying, like, I mean, it just pretty much confirms everything that we've already heard. Which, don't get me wrong, all this is incredibly exciting. I just think at this point, I'm just ready for the film to be here. Like, I'm done with all the rumors. I'm done with, you know, trailers and teasers. I just want the fucking movie. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So do you think we'll see like Cox actually like suit up or do you think he's just going to be playing like Peter's lawyer here? I think they'll just keep
1: him to a lawyer role in this one, at least. Yeah. Uh, You know, kind of build up to that moment where he actually does suit up on screen for the first time. But I don't know when that's going to be, especially when
0: the next appearance has been rumored to be She-Hulk. So I don't know. (laughs) No, that's my guess too. I'm figuring they'll probably do a little like tease or hint towards him being daredevil you know a little mm-hmm. nod and a wink but that's probably all we'll get here um and then you know who knows yeah i'm even questioning whether or not we'll see him as daredevil in the she hulk series i'm wondering if they'll say that you know maybe for his own series or you know a film down the line
1: i mean i like the idea of him showing up to the courtroom like just beating up every once in a while
0: yeah just like disheveled <laughs> i'm sure there'll be a moment here or there like that
1: uh-huh. Also, if we don't get three spider-man you know, pointing at one another in a warehouse, I'm going to riot at least <laughs> once. <laughs>
0: That's too meta for me, man. I, I don't I don't need that in my life. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, speaking of the leaked photo, like seeing them all suit up together tells me that we're probably going to see them in action a decent amount, um, which is honestly more than I thought we were going to get. I know everyone's imaginations were kind of like running wild with you know, all the different possibilities. But I was thinking it was going to be more like, almost like a glorified, like cameo from both of them, just because I can't see like with this many moving parts, like the movie being coherent, Um, you know, because we pretty much have like the Sinister Six confirmed at this point. So it's definitely going to be a daunting task to juggle all these different like story arcs and do them justice. No, exactly. But I mean, we've said it time and time again, Feige cares
1: about Spider-Man. He's a big part of the MCU. So I have to hope that you know this won't fall into the usual you know Spider-Man curse of too many characters in one film and they <laughs> they will get through this. I, I, I hope it's going to be a solid movie. I, I can only hope though.
0: Yes, no, I agree 100%. <laughs> I'm just hoping like this wasn't like, Foggy's compromise to Sony to uh-huh. keep you know Holland in the folds. So I, I don't know because this premise definitely feels like Foggy making like all of Sony's dreams come true. Yeah, because <laughs> think about it, they've been teasing the Sinister Six since you know the Amazing Spider-Man films. Uh huh. But with all that being said, I'm sure there's probably a full trailer on its way any day now. Um, I feel like we've been saying that for the last three months, but Uh (laughs) honestly, with the poster dropping this week, and it's a weird poster, like, I mean, it feels so, like, photoshopped and blurry, but it's an official poster, apparently. Uh, But with that poster coming out, I believe it was on Monday, right? I thought, oh, yeah, no, the the trailer's coming this week, and lo and behold, no trailer. So... (laughs) I guess we'll just have to wait
1: a little longer. Exactly, because the movie's coming out in just about a month, so...
0: Yeah, no. I'm sure we're still getting a trailer, but yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, like, would you be good not getting a trailer? Yeah. I want to go in as blind as possible, but
1: I do this podcast and have to get these fucking spoilers all the time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This was actually... We were kind of talking... Just like a month ago, or two months ago, before the first teaser, whatever you know they were calling that, Uh it was still like four (laughs) minutes long. But when the before the first teaser dropped, we were saying, "Hey, you know, what if we just flew into this blind?" You know, I I think it would still do just as well box office wise. Mm. You know, if not better. (laughs) You know, Um, I'm waiting for the studio that has the balls to do that. Just like drop no fucking teasers, no trailer, just be like you know, Avengers, you know, five, go.
1: Yeah, I feel like it would have to be an Avengers film to yeah, do it, no, you it's know? It's gotta be the
0: Avengers or maybe like a Star Wars film uh, that would, you know, be able to pull it off. But
1: hey, speaking of Marvel, we got a whole bunch of news thanks to Disney Plus Day regarding new series coming to the streaming service.
0: All right, so happy Disney Plus Day. Uh, This past Friday, Disney Plus celebrated their anniversary by previewing some of the big things on the horizon for the channel. Uh, So let's go ahead and talk some of the bigger news items that came out of the Marvel and Star Wars camps, since that's really our wheelhouse. So when it came to the MCU, we got first looks at series like Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Secret Invasion, and Miss Marvel. Uh, The clips were all part of a bigger 15 minute long promo package that spanned the brief history of Marvel on the channel. So up first, we got a quick look at the Moon Knight series starring Oscar Isaac. Uh, In the clip, we see Mark Spector. Uh, In what looks to be a museum, uh, we hear a voiceover, which, I'm guessing is supposed to be his voice. Um, he definitely sounds different, much higher pitch. Then all of a sudden a much deeper voice comes in and says, it devours you. My guess is both voices are one and the same since we know Moon Knight suffers from disassociative identity disorder. So that's definitely something we're gonna see throughout the series. Also during this, we get a brief look at Oscar Isaac, rocking, I'm guessing, the Mr. Knight persona look. Um, he's got the white gloves on and the dress shirt. That's just another alias Moon Knight goes by, but he has a completely different personality than Moon Knight. So if that's the case, that's awesome. I hope that we see that version of the character throughout the series. Then it cuts to a shot of Moon Knight from behind. All we see really is his white cape, as it looks like he's pummeling something on the ground. Then it cuts to Moon Knight jumping from one building to the next, off in the distance. Uh, And that's all we really get. I mean, it's really, really brief, just enough to tide you over. I was kind of upset that we didn't get like a, a full look at Moon Knight in his costume and all of his glory but it is what it is. Bakers can't be choosers right? No exactly.
1: I mean it's a teaser for a reason you know. But anyway this does look wild to me. I think it actually looks pretty cool as someone who doesn't know much about Moon Knight. I'm definitely excited by the idea of someone with DID you know having superpowers and like you know facing the world of criminals and stuff like that. I think it's definitely a cool story to dive into and I'm excited to see more just based off of this tiny little teaser we got. So
0: in the next clip we see Tatiana Maslany who's playing Jennifer Walters aka She-Hulk doing some yoga. We hear her in a voiceover introduce herself. Uh, We see her working with her cousin Bruce who's played by none other than Mark Ruffalo of course. Uh, He seems to have the ability to shift between Smart Hulk and Bruce Banner now. My guess is he's probably there to help train her on how to deal with being the She-Hulk and deal with the transformation and control her anger. We do get a brief look from behind of, you know, Jennifer as She-Hulk. She seems to be wearing a very, like, comic book-accurate costume, very 90s, which we know it seems like the tone of the the show is going to be really based off of her 90s comic book run. Uh, They also have a super meta moment where in a scene that looks like it's straight from the 70s or early 80s, you know, we have Jennifer hanging with Bruce on what looks to be a rooftop of some sort, uh, but she looks directly in the camera and says, you won't like me when I'm angry. Of course, the classic you know, line from the TV show of that era. Christian, your thoughts? I feel like that moment's going to be
1: like, she's doing like a lawyer commercial or something. That's my guess. This was an even like shorter teaser than the Moon Knight one. I don't think I got enough of a glimpse of what they're going to be doing comedic wise, but you can at least consider me intrigued, though I don't like the logo. I think the logo
0: looks terrible, but I mean, that's just nitpicking anyway. Next, we got a clip from Miss Marvel. Uh, We see her looking on in awe at some kind of holographic projection of Captain Marvel, who we know in the comics is her hero. Uh, we get a really trippy moment and I'm not sure exactly what the hell's going on here. Uh, she might be getting her powers, she might not, I have no clue. It's really, really quick. Then in a voiceover, we hear her say, it's not really the brown girls from Jersey City who get to save the world. Then we hear someone else say, well maybe now they do. Uh, we then see her and her friend perhaps testing out her new powers. And what seems to be a really, like, makeshift-looking costume, and that's pretty much it. Also, we did find out that the series has been delayed uh, to the summer of 2022. Uh, originally, it was actually supposed to be released in 2021. Then it seemed to get pushed back to uh, January uh, 2022, but now it's coming out in the summer, uh, most likely due to the Marvels delay as of right now there's no word if it's still going to be the first MCU show uh premiering in 2022 uh like originally thought or if another show like I don't know like She-Hulk or Moon Knight will take its place
1: which is crazy because I was definitely looking forward to this you know coming out in early like you know either spring or in late winter in the beginning of next year but I'm so curious like what they're doing with the powers because you know I don't think that was her getting her abilities in that scene. But at the same time, like, you know, they're showing this purple aura off. It looks like she's just running across the sky. Um, off If you, like, look in the reflection of the building there. So I'm not sure, like... If they're just, you know, completely getting rid of the embiggen power or not, how they're going to, like, manipulate it. It definitely doesn't look like she's, like, growing out her limbs or anything like that in this series, at least. I mean, I got to imagine that's probably harder for them to animate and all that stuff for the show. But, um, yeah, I'm still intrigued by this. Let's see what happens next year. So,
0: lastly, we got a brief look at Secret Invasion. all it basically was was Sam Jackson looking pissed off as all hell. Uh, he had no eye patch whatsoever on, which was strange, uh, but he looked angry as fuck. We do see the green leg of, I'm guessing, a scroll woman coming out of some car. Uh, in what looks to be at some kind of event. I have no clue. I mean, perhaps it's the Scroll Queen, uh, but that's speculation at best.
1: But honestly, with the way they cut together this event and having everything kind of montaged
0: together there at the end, uh, that could have actually just been She-Hulk's leg, so who knows, really. But that really wraps up all the first look content that we got from Marvel. Uh, we did get an extended scene from Hawkeye, but I'm not going to really get into that, just because, I mean, that series premieres in like two weeks so why even bother we'll just wait to then to like review it but wait that's not all because along with those great first looks uh we also got a handful of announcements uh some confirming some long rumor projects uh and some introducing some brand new ones Speaking of which, we're going to get a Marvel Zombies animated series. Uh, The animated series from the Marvel Studios reimagines the Marvel Universe as a new generation of heroes battle against the ever spreading zombie Scourge. uh, Directed by executive producer Brian Andrews and written by executive producer Zeb Wells. I'm curious to see if this is going to be tying directly into the what if series like if they're playing around in that timeline or if this is going to be a brand new universe uh with a whole new story to be told uh all i know though is i can't fucking wait for this so next up they announced agatha house of harkness uh the synopsis reads agatha house of harkness will reveal more about the character first introduced in the marvel studios wandavision Jack Schaefer, who served as head writer and executive producer on WandaVision, returns to Agatha. Uh, Be sure to hide all dogs named Sparky. Okay, fine. Uh, I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago because the rumor was floating around that this was going to be a thing. I'm really hoping this ends up being like a full-on musical. I think that'd be great. Next, they announced a brand new animated series called Spider-Man Freshman Year. Uh, The animated series follows Peter Parker on his way to becoming Spider-Man in the MCU in a journey unlike we've ever seen in a style that celebrates the character's early comic book roots. Uh, This will be written by executive producer Jeff Tarmel. Next, we finally got confirmation that the Echo series is actually happening. Um, It's been long rumored. Uh, There's really little details. Uh, All we know is that Alquia Cox will be starring as Maya Lopez, uh, the title character, um, a character who will be introduced in Marvel Studios' Hawkeye series. So last but not least, in the story that probably stole the show overall, uh, which is just fucking awesome, uh, we are finally getting a sequel to the X-Men animated series from the 90s. Uh, It's going to be called X-Men 97. The synopsis reads... The animated series that made the X-Men a household name will continue in Marvel Studios' X-Men 97, coming exclusively to Disney Plus in 2023. A new generation and fans of the original decade-defining cartoon will enjoy this all-new animated series that revisits the iconic era and cast of characters from the 1992 X-Men series. Uh, In X-Men 97, viewers can expect a return to this classic period in X-Men history with many of the same cast members from its original run. I mean, this is something fans have been long clamoring for. I mean, God, I remember talking about rumors of this happening when Disney Plus first premiered. Uh, So it's just awesome to see it actually like come to be. Uh, My daughter, like, two years ago, like discovered the X-Men series on Disney plus and like binged all the episodes and got really into it. And just this past like month or so, uh, she starts to rewatch them all again. So I really like look forward to like sitting down with her and watching brand new episodes, um, of a show that like shaped the nerd I am today
1: no Yeah, hands down, I can't wait to just be rocking out of my house to that intro song again. Uh, but all in all, I mean, all of those Marvel announcements, it's insane to see how many shows are coming to Disney. Plus, they're not going to give you a second to breathe the moment these things get rolling. I mean, I can only imagine they saw all the success they had this first year with Disney Plus and everything with uh, all the new series that they brought out. So, they're probably trying to pump as many as they can out right away. Uh, I'm excited, I'm excited to
0: cover all this for the show. So, quick show notes, uh, we're recording this. This Friday afternoon just to kind of make sure that we get like all the big news stories from Disney Plus Day into this like week's episode uh, but unfortunately right now we don't have that much Star Wars news so with that being said if something does break after we're done recording uh, we'll have to just cover it on our next episode since I have to give Christian some time to edit this thing together before it drops on Saturday So as of right now, uh, the only story we have is actually a story that kind of leaked yesterday. Apparently this video was put up and then uh, taken down. Uh, I don't know if some intern made a mistake, uh, but we got the same video package today. Uh, and that video package featured the first look at the Obi-Wan series. Uh, it's pretty much made up of, like, concept art. Uh, we do get, like, an interview with Ewan McGregor and Deborah Chow. Uh, Chow talks about how fans have been really looking forward to McGregor returning to the character and how the series is going to take place in a very dark and different time for the Jedi uh, with them being hunted. Uh, McGregor talks about how he has one task left um, during the series, uh, which is to keep Luke safe. Uh, we see some concept art of Obi-Wan riding through the desert on some creature that right now they the name just completely escapes me. Uh, we also see some stormtroopers being led by a figure that could possibly be an Inquisitor. Uh, fingers crossed. Uh, we see some different settings, which I'm sure we'll, you know, visit during the series. And then uh, McGregor talks about how fun it will be working with Hayden Christensen again, uh, who I think we see in a training video uh, dueling with lightsabers. Then we actually get some concept art of Vader looking as only Vader can look, badass as hell. Uh, And the last piece of artwork we get is Vader and Obi-Wan, lightsabers ablaze on a planet that kind of looks like Mustafar. Uh, So I'm guessing we're getting a rematch from Revenge of the Sith, uh, which is just... Amazing, (laughs) Um, hopefully Vader this time around gets the high ground. We know that's not going to be the case, but I mean, a boy can dream. Uh, I just wasn't expecting anything like this from this series. I mean, who knew A New Hope was actually the rubber match? Uh, Just fucking crazy. I mean, if we get Inquisitors hunting Jedi and then Vader in like lightsaber battles happening in this show, I mean, what possibly more could you ask for? Christian thoughts?
1: I mean, anything with Vader content is gonna of course make me excited. So I'm interested to see where they go. Hopefully it's not Hayden Christensen doing the voice, I can't imagine that. Um, but it should be cool to see like what angle they take it. You know They know what people like at this point, especially after Clone Wars. I can see them doing some damage control with the character with Hayden Christensen um, you know, being in this series, maybe making him a little bit more like the Anakin people came to love in the Clone Wars, if they're going to be doing a bunch of flashbacks. But either way, I'm never going to complain about more Star Wars content. So let's bring it out already. Let's get a real full trailer. I can't wait to see a little bit more of Obi-Wan in the future.
0: Also So quickly, uh, there was a documentary about Boba Fett uh, that dropped on Disney Plus called uh, Under the Helmet, The Legacy of Boba Fett. Uh, It's about 20 minutes long. I haven't had a chance to check it out yet, obviously. Uh, But yeah, that's pretty much it. Like we said before, if any news breaks after we're done recording, we'll go ahead and cover it on next week's episode.
1: In more Star Wars news, we
0: have a delay for Rogue Squadron. So the Patty Jenkins Helms Project uh, was originally supposed to go into pre-production at the end of this year with the goal of starting production in 2022 however sources say that producers and the filmmaking team came to the realization that Jenkins schedule and other commitments wouldn't allow the window needed to make the movie in 2022 meaning that Squadron has been taking off the production schedule and that once Jenkins fulfills her commitments uh she will be able to return to the project at some point So, Squadron was supposed to be the first feature since the end of the Skywalker Saga, with a release date of December 22nd, 2023. Currently, that date still remains, but probably will shift at some point, I would assume. And there is no word yet if another one of the projects that they do have in development could possibly take its place. So, Christian. Yeah? Do you think the truth is... You know, someone at Disney saw Wonder Woman 2 and were like, oh, fuck this shit. <laughs> Patty, I think you're way too busy to make this film. I
1: don't know. I mean, they've had plenty of time to fire her by now. You know, I would hope that they would have seen that movie.
0: By I don't now. think they'll fire. Like, if that happens and that's we know nothing. Right. <laughs> <But> uh-huh. <laughs> they'll, they would find a way to kind of like part ways gracefully, you mm-hmm. know, without. You know, saying we saw your last movie and it sucked, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I <laughs> it's just amazing to me, like how excited I was when this was first announced, um, to like how I feel about the film now because, uh-huh. you know, because of course in between, you know, then Wonder Woman two happened. Yeah, because I remember at first, like, hearing the news and being like, oh, this sounds amazing. This is going to be great. They had the whole little fucking, like, Top Gun teaser thing going on. Uh-huh. Her talking about her father being a fighter pilot. I was so pumped. and But now, you know, when this story came out, I was just so, like, I don't know, indifferent. <laughs> um, and that's not to say, like, the film can't still be amazing. I mean, every director has a stinker in their resume. uh, But I don't know, man. Wonder Woman 2 was really bad. (laughs) It was really bad, man.
1: (laughs) I feel like it's most likely... Maybe uh, there's an unannounced Wonder Woman 3 film that we don't know about in the works that's the speculation. Well, that's the spec there is
0: definitely a Wonder Woman 3 film in the works. We do know uh-huh. that. And that's the speculation, is you know, like that's the commitment that's kind of taking her away from the project right now. So, um, which makes sense. I mean, those films are a big undertaking, but at the same time, I mean what, Disney didn't know that was like on the horizon? Like uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. Once again, we don't know anything. So I just wouldn't be surprised if we find out like Patty Jenkins is off the project in like a month or two.
1: Remember, you heard it here first. Patty
0: Jenkins fired. (laughs) 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 It's just weird to think, too, that Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 2 came from the same person. Like, I recently like watched part of Wonder Woman and I love that film. And it just feels like, you know, the person who made like one of DC's best films couldn't possibly be responsible for Wonder Woman 2 but they are Well, up next, Netflix's Squid Game season two, confirmed by the creator. So yes, uh, the writer and director of the series, Hwang Dong-Hayuk confirmed this in an interview with the Associated Press. Uh, He's quoted as saying, there has been so much pressure, so much demand, and so much love for a second season, so I almost feel like you leave us no choice. But I will say that there will be a second season, it's in my head right now. I'm in the planning process currently, but I do think it's too early to say when and how it's going to happen. Okay? Um, Christian, you're a big fan of the show. Would you be excited
1: for a second season? I mean, yeah, of course I'm excited for a second season, but why did that interview sound like he was being
0: bullied into doing one? You know? <laughs> I guess in previous interviews too, he's very like wishy-washy about it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Netflix probably made him the right offer. I'm guessing. I, I would hope so because he got screwed in that
1: first one where he's just not getting paid for all how you know successful the show has become.
0: Yeah, it, it, it sounds like he was more just excited to get it made than anything. Yeah, exactly. I, I heard that too.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it, I mean, the ending of the first season you know leaves it open for a second one, so I definitely think. You know the, the, there's no reason not to do it.
0: You know the story doesn't seem complete just yet. Okay, so you think creatively? He left it open for a second season. Yes, okay. absolutely. I haven't seen it, obviously, so I had no clue. Well, get to binging. You're man. right that with, with that quote, it definitely feels like they're literally twisting his arm during the interview. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're making a fucking second season, man.
1: And now a message from our sponsor, Manscaped.
0: Ho ho ho, gentlemen, the holidays came early here at Manscaped, the leading men's hygiene brand. Manscaped just launched new products, including their all-new ultra-premium body wash and two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. It's time to give yourself, or someone who needs it, the gift of beautiful skin, hair, and balls this holiday season. Go to manscaped.com and use our code 20AMAZING for 20% off plus free shipping.
1: Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up, untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past and it's possible you have Santa's beard in your pants. It's time to leave your significant other some cookies and milk at the bottom of your chimney. I'm talking about the Manscaped Performance Package
0: 4.0. Christian, I still remember that magical Christmas like it was yesterday. I thought I was finished unwrapping all my gifts, and then my wife surprised me by handing me my first Manscaped Performance Package. And Christian, I swear I could hear church bells ring and choirs sing as my life was changed forever.
1: Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the Signature Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer has proprietary advanced
0: skin safe technology to reduce cuts. On your nuts. So, the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, an anti chafing ball deodorant, moisturizer, and toner. It's time to keep your North Pole feeling and smelling fresh. This hygiene bundle will also come with a pair of Manscaped anti chafing boxers. They'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's the perfect package for your perfect package.
1: Manscaped is going beyond the groin with their new Ultra Premium Body Wash. It's infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling fresh nice and moisturized they also just launched their new two-in-one shampoo and conditioner which has ingredients with benefits that include hydrating nourishing conditioning the scalp
0: plus strengthening your hair at the same time tis the season to load up on manscape products so get yourself your dad your brother and friends the best gift of all the manscape performance package 4.0 Get 20% off plus free shipping with our code 20amazing at manscaped.com. Every guy out there needs to add Manscaped to their wish list this season.
1: That's right, get 20% off and free shipping with the code 20amazing at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use our code 20amazing. Clean up your nuts and make
0: Santa proud this year. Also, if you wanna make the Amazing Nerd Show proud, go ahead and send us a screenshot of you using our promo code at checkout with manscape.com. We'll send you some free nerd swag as long as you live in the United States area. Manscaped, your nuts will thank you so christian unfortunately for me life happened i had to help my elderly mother move into a new house this week so i didn't get to see the latest mcu offering but you my friend did that's right i got to see eternals
1: warning spoiler alert minor spoilers for eternals ahead you have been warned and
0: now our feature presentation
1: Five years ago, Thanos erased half of the population of the universe. But the people of this planet brought everyone back with a snap of a finger. The sudden return of the population provided the necessary energy for the emergence to begin.
0: How long do we have?
1: seven days.
0: The Eternals, a race of immortal beings with superhuman powers who have secretly lived on Earth for thousands of years, reunite to battle the evil Deviants. The film is written and directed by Oscar-winning director Chloe Zhao. Eternals is the latest in
1: the MCU's massively budgeted blockbusters to hit the screen, and it comes with all the fancy effects and stellar cinematography that money can buy and that you probably expect from a Disney Marvel film. And while Disney Marvel has had plenty of success, making characters that few had cared for in the past into these like giant megastars, this film still struggled to make the Eternals something interesting in my eyes. Throughout the film, we witnessed the history of the Eternals and why they came to Earth, protecting humanity from monsters called the Deviants, all in the name of the prime celestial Orisham. In the present time, all the Deviants are supposed to be dead, but for some reason, a mutated form of the Deviants begin to appear and start attacking the Eternals instead of actually attacking humans, which they were more known to do. Which of course starts a mystery of why and where they came from, as the Eternals, who had all gone their separate ways at this point, must again team up to solve this threat. The Eternals consist of Circe, Icarus, Thena, Ajax, Kingo, Sprite, Fastest, Makari, Druig, and Gilgamesh, who uncover the secrets of the Emergence and do what they must to save humankind. With a stack cast and an MCU budget, I had hoped that Marvel could, you know, change my mind about this team and make me care for them more. But as me and Damon talked off mic, uh, the hardest part about the Eternals in general is the fact that they're just not that relatable as characters. Which, you know, relatability has been, the, you know, the biggest strength of the MCU in their use of Marvel's catalog. Unfortunately, the Eternals are godlike beings with powers that. They can practically manifest and do whatever they want with at absolute ease. And this film in particular focuses the most on the characters that are probably the least relatable amongst the team itself, as we follow the stories of Icarus as played by Richard Madden and Cersei as played by Gemma Chan more than any other character, which honestly was one of my biggest complaints because all the other characters had way more compelling stories. For me, the film failed to balance the characters enough to make certain story beats as impactful as they should have been, especially in the case of Bill Skarsgård's Crow character. I mean... I mean that guy's entire journey just feels a bit shoehorned in on top of that i wasn't sold on half of the team's chemistry and dynamics and to be clear this isn't me complaining about the mcu taking a film in a different direction than we normally get i welcome actually a lot of the concepts and choices that our heroes make in this film there's tons of darker ideals and bold choices that these characters make and you know they actually stand by their beliefs rather than learning a lesson for the greater good you know it was all super refreshing to me on that point, but it also didn't really do anything to make me enjoy the team dynamics as a whole. But even griping all that just makes this review even harder, because there are plenty of like these great, compelling moments in characters like Fastus, and Gilgamesh and thena that i really enjoyed but out of this two hour and 30 minute experience they had the least amount of screen time the action has you know plenty of great moments but also some not so great moments and i wasn't a fan of the overall style that they chose to do with icarus as it just feels like copy and paste from henry cavill's superman with his cgi and choreography i thought they definitely could have done something a little bit more inventive or a little bit more weighty the instead of making him just feel like this floating godlike being even more so with the deviants themselves, as they just seem so minor in the grand scheme of this film, which then created a big problem with the villain. But anyway, the world building elements are going to play a big part into the MCU and you know the universe as a whole, but it will most likely be one of those films I'm willing to skip like Thor the Dark World next time I do an MCU Marathon. And with that said, I'm gonna give Eternals a B minus. Now, as a Marvel film, I can't leave it there. We gotta talk those after-credit scenes. So, this is your warning for major spoilers ahead. If you have not seen this film, I'm gonna talk a bit about the ending and I'm gonna talk about its two post-credit scenes. So, again, spoiler warning. Warning spoiler alert: major spoilers for Eternals ahead. Ending spoilers ahead. You have been warned. So, alright. In the end, after you know, our heroes literally stop the world from being destroyed by the next birth of a celestial, Cersei, Fastos, and Kingo get plucked off Earth by Arisham. Arisham then states you know, he's going to search their minds to see if Earth is worthy of its survival. If not, he's gonna come back and just destroy it. Meanwhile, Thena, Makari, and Druig have already left Earth in hopes to you know, spread the truth of what being an Eternal really is to all the other possible Eternals that are out there. And just as they're beginning their journey, that's when Harry Styles decides to make an appearance as Star Fox in our mid post credit scene. Eros, aka Star Fox, is the narcissistic brother of the mad titan Thanos, with the ability to psychically stimulate the pleasure centers of people's brains, and upon his arrival informs the remaining Eternals that Orishim has captured their friends and knows how to get to them, setting up what most likely will be the sequel. I'm not exactly sure what the MCU plans to do with this character. But I can definitely say they're going to change his power set or at least tamper with it so it doesn't get too weird. But anyway, the more exciting yet strange after credits scene we got brought us back to Cersei's boyfriend, Dane, as played by Kit Harrington, who was actually mid-unveiling his family's history to Cersei when she got plucked out of the sky. It looks like Dane is going to try and take up the family mantle as the Black Knight in order to find and save Cersei. In the after credits scene, we see Dane nervously pacing in front of a case containing the ebony blade, a sword forged from a meteorite during the times of King Arthur that had been passed down in his family for generations. Upon opening the box and reading the inscription, Death is my reward, Dane hesitantly reaches for the blade, and the blade looks like it's actually reaching back towards Dane clearly looking cursed but before Dane can touch it we hear a voice say are you sure you're ready for that mr. Whitman and before we know it the scene quickly ends now I'm not gonna lie I could not tell who that voice was just from sitting in the theater but upon doing some you know, some research as I'm supposed to it turns out to be none other than the voice of blade who is set to be portrayed by Mahershala Ali unlike Star Fox being an eternal and having a clear connection to the rest of the team, Blade has had really little to no time with the Black Knight in Marvel comics. So what they're going to be doing together is a big mystery right now. But Blade deals in the supernatural and most likely knows a thing or two about the cursed Ebony Blade. I think it would be kind of interesting if after warning Dane of his fate, Blade would then be the one to help him train with this sword. Or perhaps to even speculate further, maybe Blade needs the sword for his own journey and knowing the badass that he is probably is not scared of a curse that makes you increasingly more violent. All in all, I'm still excited for the future of Marvel, despite me you know, not being the biggest fan of this movie, but I'm definitely looking forward to getting into more of the supernatural side of the MCU. And hey, there's a dead Celestial on Earth. Maybe we can get Robbie Reyes as Ghost Rider turning it into a fucking mechazord, using the Celestial's body the way he did in the comics. I mean, a boy can dream, right? This
0: week's episode is brought to you by Smile Brilliant.
1: Damon, if you're like me, you're constantly on the lookout for the best teeth whitening option on the market. Well, this week's sponsor Smile Brilliance has provided us with 5 important facts to keep in mind. Fact number one, teeth whitening does not whiten your teeth. It removes the stains and restores the tooth to its natural color. Natural colors vary per person,
0: but for most, it's an off-white or slightly yellowish undertone. Fact number two, teeth whitening does not damage your teeth, but it does temporarily dehydrate When dehydrated, the pores in the enamel are open and exposed. Open pores invite acids and sugars, which we all know lead to tooth decay. Avoid or minimize acidic and sugary substances for at least 24 hours after whitening. Also avoid staining substances. The teeth are more susceptible to restaining
1: during this period. Fact number three, tooth sensitivity is the result of tooth dehydration. When the pores of the enamel are open, the teeth become dehydrated, exposing the nerve to the elements. As the tooth rehydrates, the sensitivity will dissipate. To accelerate the rehydration and curb sensitivity, use a post whitening application known as remillerization or desensitizing gel. Fact
0: number four. Caps and veneers cannot be whitened because they do not have pores for the stains to latch onto. Prior to having dental work, you should whiten your teeth restoring them to their natural color as the dentist will be color matching to your current shade. Fact 5, the key to teeth whitening is the delivery
1: device. So long as a whitening product is a peroxide-based whitener, it will remove the stains. What differentiates one product from the next is the device that holds the whitening agent to the tooth without interruption. You know, whitening strips neglect the crevices and molars and they slide on your your teeth. Saliva will flood the generic trays because they are bulky and don't create an actual seal. Oh, and you likely did not know this, but LED lights are novelty items that add no benefits. You need a high-output UV light only found at the dentist. Don't fall for the you know gimmick. If you insist on a light that does not work, get one
0: on Amazon for $5. The number one whitening device recommended by dentists is the custom fitted tray. You can have a dentist make your trays for $300 to $600, or you can head over to smilebrilliant.com and use their lab direct mail-in process for a fraction of the price you would pay at a dentist. Oh, and if you grind your teeth at night, you can also purchase a Smile Brilliant custom fitted night guard. Once again, for a fraction of the price you would spend at a dentist.
1: That's right. Make sure you head over to Smile Brilliant and use our promo code N-E-R-D. That spells nerd for an exclusive Amazing Nerd Show discount.
0: Once again, that's SmileBrilliant.com and use our coupon code NERD for an exclusive Amazing Nerd Show discount. And remember, guys, don't be an
1: idiot. Smile Brilliant. Well, now it's time for Christian's Corner. This past week in gaming, we got a trailer for yet another fucking edition of Skyrim. I'm not kidding. There's an anniversary edition now. It's been a solid decade and I can't stand how much I still love Skyrim. So you know what? Good on Bethesda for milking that cash cow. However, that wasn't all that they showed off when they did their little anniversary showcase. No, we got a glimpse of more of the art for their upcoming game, Starfield. This game looks like it could absolutely be massive, which as a Bethesda games fan kind of makes me nervous because, you know, it usually takes a good modding community to iron out all the game's hilarious amounts of bugs, but nevertheless, the concept of running around as Han Solo and exploring space definitely has me keeping an eye on Starfield. On top of that, journalists got their hands on Elden Ring, and while many praised the open world, some were concerned by the vast amount of open fields and lack there to do amongst them. Of course, negative comments about a game everyone is excited for, sends the internet ablaze for a couple minutes, though I do think it's important to note the criticisms that the infamous PC Gamer feature made, which some were valid points on the typical open world experience and how Elden Ring seems to be just a massive free roam version of Dark Souls, which may not be for everyone. Typically there is more to do than fighting baddies. When you go into an open world you want to become immersed and feel like you're part of a living breathing world and many open world games achieve this with tons of different activities. But personally that's not exactly what I'm looking for in this game. I'm excited by the prospects of free roaming this massive plane of existence and from what I've seen of people's playthroughs George RR Martin's storytelling has created an even deeper lore and interesting world for me to explore as compared to the more mysterious lore of previous Souls games. It looks as if, you know, From Software has really built a world featuring the best elements of all of its predecessors. And as someone who views those games as practically perfect, I'm not looking to do too many activities beyond what I'm used to in a Souls experience. Not that that wouldn't enhance this game, though. I think it just all really comes down to the type of player you are. And that's why I do believe there are plenty of valid points in this game not having enough to do as being a reason why someone might not be too into it and not being yet sold by this open-world experience. But, you know, I very much am. (laughs) (laughs) And hey, if you would like to see what other games I enjoy or am playing, you can catch The Amazing Nerd Show live on Twitch every weekend. We play the latest titles and much more, plus cover some of the big conferences and take deeper dives into gaming. So if you're looking for more gaming content, follow us on Twitch today.
0: You can blame me! And you can lose in the middle of the ring to a guy like brian danielson and then you can walk in the back and you can try to blame me but it's not my fault i am not wrong for seeing greatness in you 15 years ago but i damn sure am a fool for trying to hold you to that standard and expect greatness because you're a bum
1: well all right damon Full gear is finally upon us, and we have a full-ass card, as usual. AEW putting together ten whole matches for this event. Uh, And and they're all
0: great matches here. No, this is definitely a stacked card. Um, It's funny, because this somehow snuck up on me, but I'm like really excited for this Mm pay-per-view. Surprises aside, this might actually be a better card than the last pay-per-view.
1: I don't disagree with you there. I mean, even with like these last minute um, additions we've gotten this
0: past week, this is just a jam-packed card. All right, so let's go ahead and let's get into it. Uh, we'll give our predictions and kind of break down what to expect from the matches.
1: Up on the pre-show, we have Nyla Rose and Jamie Hayter versus Sheeta and Thunder Rosa, both of these teams, you know, having members from the current tournament going on for the TBS title.
0: Um. I'm kind of disappointed that there isn't a tournament match on the card, especially when you have 10 matches, you know, Mm -hmm. it definitely feels like you could have squeezed in another women's match, you know, on this card to represent the tournament. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is what it is, I guess. Um, I don't know. The match should be fine. Uh, Do we? Okay. I guess we'll give predictions. I'm guessing that Thunder Rose's (laughs) team is going to win.
1: I'm thinking it's going to be the heels. You know, you get the heels looking like uh, they're going to be on top. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. You're probably right. (laughs) Plus, Serena Deeb will probably cause some type of, you know.
0: I think they'll probably save that for Sheeta's match, like her actual tournament match. Mm -hmm. She's going against Nyla Rose, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless she comes out, you know, after this match and beats down Sheeta even more so, you know just kind of softening her her up for, you know, Rose. Be
1: a good little attack for the pay-per-view, right? Get people, you know, amped. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Well, uh, our first match on the actual card will be Pac and Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black and Andrade El Idolo. At least
0: on the card that's listed in front of us. We don't know for sure if this is the (laughs) opening match. So this was added last minute, but I think everyone kind of predicted this was happening. But I don't know. I I feel like this is this would be a great way to open up the card, honestly, um, because I feel like it's going to be a barn burner. Um, I don't know. I I feel like Black and Andrade are going to walk away with the victory here and just kind of continue like, you know, Cody's whole storyline of, you know, will he won't he turn heel? Because I, I still feel like that's actually the storyline they're going with, you know, regardless of, you mm-hmm. know, all the interviews of him, you know, denying that he would ever turn heel at this point. Um, I feel like that's really kind of the story, you know, of his eventual heel turn, if you will.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think Malachi Black and uh, Mondrati are going to go over in this match. I just because of, you know, pure momentum that's been going on in the shows and stuff like that. And I i just don't see cody winning anytime soon for a little bit i think they need to beat him down
0: just to you know kind of build onto that storyline now black has been teasing a change to his character recently um in an interview he said over the next couple weeks you're gonna see this change Um, he's also been teasing kind of like an actual like house of black stable um, everyone right away pointed to like Brody King, possibly like joining AEW since he has a history with them. Um, they're tag partners right now, uh, uh tag champions actually over at uh, PWG. So, um, and he feels like a good fit for AEW, uh, and for, you know, his possible stable. So we'll see what this character change possibly could mean, um, I, I kind of like the partnership, though, between Andrade and Black. I don't feel like Andrade is going to be part of this stable, though. No,
1: not at all. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Honestly, like, once again, I feel like Andrade fits probably better with, like, the Pinnacle or even starting another, like, you know, stable with maybe uh, FTR eventually, because we've been seeing them team up together. Oh, do you think maybe he takes over the Pinnacle? I don't know if he takes over the pinnacle. I could just see the pinnacle, you know, imploding, you know, like Mm -hmm. MJF's ego just becoming too much for the rest of the team. And they just go their separate ways. Um, They really haven't been doing much with them, you know, right now. And like MJF is literally like lending, you know, FTR to uh, (laughs) so like creatively story wise, it seems like the wells kind of run dry you know, for the pinnacle, but I mean, that doesn't Mm. mean they can't, like, you know, get back on the map as, like, this super group. The problem is, is you've got, like, two, like, major heel stables going on at once. It just kind of feels like it would be difficult to keep momentum going for both groups at the same time, because story-wise, they would definitely come in odds eventually, and I don't think Khan wants to go that route,
1: well, speaking of the elite, we have the Super click going up against Christian Cage and the Jurassic Express,
0: oh, and this is a falls count anywhere match, so honestly, I could see this match going either way um I feel like Jungle Boy definitely needs the win right now, uh just because I feel like the last few times these teams have met, like Adam Cole has you know pinned jungle Boy, and even they had a one on one match, right yeah. so. I feel like Jungle Boys do. Um, And I I could see them breaking off into like their own program eventually. Uh, But who knows? I I also, I mean, the Super Click just lost to uh, Dark Order. So, I mean, do we finally see dissension between, uh, you know, Jurassic Express and Christian Cage?
1: I mean, we've been calling for that for so long. I don't know if they're going to do it or not.
0: I don't know. I mean, it. I think you're right, you probably won't see it here, but I could see, like, seeds being planted, especially if they do take mm-hmm. the boss, and maybe that coming in the next couple of weeks. Because, I I mean, I look forward to that storyline, and I love me a heel Christian, so.
1: And um, we definitely saw seeds for the future of a possible Undisputed Era, you know, reuniting it here in AEW. Yeah, that
0: was interesting, because Cole felt a little cold towards Fish, right? Uh i don't
1: know it seemed like he was like hey buddy and then just it seems like he's trying to be these are
0: my new friends it just felt very yeah exactly you know junior high (laughs) (laughs) i'm hanging with these guys now um Uh yeah because he was just having fish do his dirty work right and we're obviously recording this before rampage on friday so um we know that bobby fish is supposed to be facing off against uh jungle boy On on that show. So we'll see if the storyline continues there. Um, We know Kyle O'Reilly's contract is coming up, I believe in December. So maybe Mm -hmm. we do see some kind of reunion happen in AEW. Could we eventually see like an Undisputed Era, you know, feud with, you know, the Elite?
1: I mean, I think that's money right there, prints itself, yeah. so I'm fine with that. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Holy shit. <laughs> um as far as this match goes, I I don't know who to give the edge to because I feel like Both Jungle Boy and Adam Cole have now been kind of like injured in different situations. I don't know what's going to happen with Bobby Fish and Jungle Boy, so we'll see what happens there. But, you know, I liked how they played up Adam Cole during, um you know, his match with uh, Johnny Silver, you know, being a little bit concussed almost from his concert. And it was only like two days
0: later, so it was a little weird for him to (laughs) be in the match. I was like, I don't know what your concussion protocol is in AAW, but it sucks. I know, right? They were
1: like, <laughs> on commentary, they stated he was being cleared for the match. I'm like, should he have been? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you
0: need to fire your doctors, guys. <laughs> so, but anyway, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to plant my flag with the Jurassic Express and Christian Cage. They're going to get
1: the win. You know here. what? To be, <laughs> to be different, I'll go with Super Click. Let's Let's battle it All out. Right. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> uh, up next we have cm punk versus eddie kingston another like last minute add to the card but awesome match to see coming uh,
0: i think this is probably my second most anticipated match on the card honestly and they did that uh-huh. in what like two weeks um just practically one night <laughs> i mean yeah we had the confrontation between cm punk and kingston uh while punk's doing an interview backstage. Uh, after uh, Kingston's match with Brian. Um And then the next week, Punk calls him out. Um, they have just a fucking epic face-to-face. Um, just, my God. I mean, just riveting TV. I mean, one of the best back-and-forths, you know, on a wrestling show in the last couple years. Um It just felt, I mean, everything Kingston does feels real, but, like, this was to, like, the next level. Um, It felt like legit, like, animosity between these two, you know? Mm -hmm. It just, I love the way that they're, like, talking over each other. It didn't feel like your typical, like, wrestling promo. It felt like they didn't know what they were going to say next. Like, they were just kind of, like, flying off the cuff. Um, And it just, it made it feel more real, uh, more authentic. And I mean it worked. So I am super stoked to see this. Um, you know, it's interesting because it at first, you know, after you know, the Brian match, it really felt like Kingston might be possibly headed towards a heel turn. Um, even though I still argue that that match was really booked towards him being, like, a huge baby face with how he ended up passing out, you know, giving, you know, Brian the finger and everything. Um, but then, like, this back and forth between him and Punk, like, Punk was really towing the line with, you know, some of the, you know, verbiage he was using. I mean, calling out, you know, Kingston uh, for not living up to his potential – I mean, literally calling him a bum in the Mm -hmm. ring. Really, like, navigating some heel-like waters, if you will. Uh, Where I was like, okay, wait a second. Is Punk going to be the heel in this program? But I just, like, the, and then then Kingston coming back at him and, you know, telling him, like, I'll be honest with you, no one wants you here. You know, that whole Mm -hmm. locker room scared to say it, but we don't want you here. (laughs) I'm just amazed in the line about, you know... You know, after the fight, you know, go away again, please, for another seven years. Uh, Just a great piece of business between two amazing pros on the mic who, with such little amount of time, were able to really just, like, talk people into buying this pay-per-view and really set up, like, maybe the hottest match on the card. Because, really, it's like two segments, Two segments. I know they had the exactly. pull part on, you know, dynamite this week, but that was like, what, like maybe a minute long. <laughs> so just amazing.
1: Well, I mean, and hopefully this is the start of a feud, not just a one and done.
0: Oh, I agree. A hundred percent. Like, I hope this is just the tip of the iceberg. And, you know, cause that's what punk needs right now. He needs a storyline because this whole like welcome back tour, like at this point has grown stale. Uh You know, and I just love that, like, this story is operating in such a gray area. Like, I could see it going either way, like, who's the heel, who's the baby face, or maybe Mm -hmm. they don't, like, define that. Like, they let the audience decide, because that's what it felt like was happening in the ring with that initial promo between the two. Um, You know, because they were getting both, like, equal amounts boos and cheers. So, I don't know, man. I just don't see Kingston getting booed at all honestly i think it's more likely that punk is gonna get booed you know because i mean if you think about it like punk demanding apology you know does feel super arrogant you know Uh like i mean people fucking interrupted how many promos in the history of wrestling (laughs) so to like storm out there the week afterwards and demand an apology come on (laughs) but it works i mean if you think about Uh it they really laid the seeds with this whole storyline with that initial uh, promo between Brian and Kingston, where Brian called out Kingston for his work ethic, you know, saying that he's lazy. So, and I mean, they brought up Brian in that, you know, that exchange between Punk and him. You're talking about how like Kingston used to look up to guys like Punk and Brian in like Honor uh, or on the independent scene. So, I mean, it feels like a very well-crafted storyline right now, and it feels organic. So, I don't know. I'm interested to see where it goes. Uh, Who do you think is winning this match? Christian, I have no idea. I'm going to say Punk, um, just because I feel like it's too soon for him to lose. Um, But Mm -hmm. I think Kingston is going to win the fans' hearts, if you will. Like, I feel like okay. I feel like he's going <laughs> to, you know, win the night with the crowd and he's going to be the hero in their eyes. So it, which fuck, man, I love a heel CM Punk. So if they decide to go that road, I mean, it makes perfect sense for him to walk in AW and feel entitled and like kind of talk down to everyone and like play up that, mm. you know, he is the outsider here. Um, I'm fine with that. I mean I I think that's, you know, a lot more interesting than him going around, you know, shaking hands in the first row and doing stage dives and shit. Cuz honestly like like I said, I I feel like that was getting old. Um so I I would love to see a, a heel CM Punk kind of like, you know, represent everything AEW fans hate. You know, it it, it won't no, be I mean, it won't be easy for him cuz he's still gonna have his fans and everything and a heel oh. CM Punk is still awesome, you know. <laughs> Regardless, and most of the time I'm cheering that he'll see him punk. Um, and honestly, I feel like punk is at his best as a heel. So, um, why not? Like, let's see that storyline.
1: No, I absolutely agree. Like, I quote his um, Your Arms Are Too Short to Box with God promo <laughs> against The Rock, like, at least once a month. <laughs> Who are you quoting that to? <laughs> It doesn't matter. <laughs> what are you doing in your free time, Christian?
0: <laughs> but I mean, it, it, like Kingston's too much of the underdog here, you know. Uh, so hmm. I, 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 just don't see him being the heel in this program, you know, not in the fans' eyes at least.
1: Well, no, I, I agree. I think it's too early to have CM Punk lose. And I think if, hey, if they wanted to make this, you know, the beginning of a heel turn, why not just have him attack? After the win, mm-hmm. you know, like just continue to beat on Eddie. Be like, I'm putting him in his place. You know, this is this is me. You know, and and he can play up to the crowd like, you guys have been cheering me for yeah. weeks. What the fuck is this? Yeah, you know? I mean,
0: honestly, that line about you know Kingston being a better fit for uh, dark and elevation. I mean, that was purposeful. You know, I mean, because mm-hmm. otherwise, you're literally insulted. Most of your locker room. (laughs) So they're definitely, you know, laying out the groundwork for a punk. He'll, you know, turn eventually.
1: Well, up next, we had a match
0: between the two pillars of AEW. We have Darby Allen versus MJF. So this is another match that I'm hoping is just the beginning of a bigger program. Um, you've got two guys really like, you know, vying to be the future of the company. Um, You know, I'm getting really strong, like early, like rock and, you know, Triple H, you know, feuding over the IC title, you know, in the like, you know, uh, mid 90s uh, vibes. So I I don't know. I'm really curious to see, like, who goes over here, Um, because I feel like both of them could use a win at this point. I mean, Darby's coming Mm -hmm. off the loss to CM Punk and you have MJF. You know, I guess he had that match with Pillman, you know, in between, you know, his, you know, this and his match with Jericho. But I mean, and I really honestly, I don't feel like Darby at, or MJF really lost anything in both of those feuds. But I don't know. I don't know. I like. I just hope this is more than just a one and done type deal, because I feel like this could be stretched out like for months, honestly.
1: Exactly. Like I put MJF winning this match. And I think, you know, that way he continues to gloat and Darby Allen feels like he has something to prove. So, I mean,
0: that's where it would continue on. from. And I think it really depends on where they're heading with the world title picture, too. Because mm-hmm. if Hangman does win that belt, I feel like they're going to be setting up MJF for an eventual feud with him. You know, because he's definitely mm-hmm. one of your strongest, you know, heels right now. And he's about due for a title shot, you know, with his record and just his trajectory. Because if Paige wins that belt, I feel like you're going to have an MJF Paige match within the next, you know, I don't know, three or four months. No, I could see that. Um,
1: I definitely think you'd have to put MJF against it just because there's such, you know, they're They're so polar opposite one another, you know, as characters in general. I think that would just be a great feud. No, I agree. I agree.
0: So with that being said, and because, you know, spoilers, I think Hangman's going to end up winning the title, you know, on, you know, this pay-per-view. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to pick MJF to win here.
1: Well, all right. We have a tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship between the Lucha Brothers and FTR.
0: This is tough too. Um it's too soon for the Lucha Brothers to lose the belts. Um Mm -hmm. and the fact that they lost the AAA belts FTR earlier this month makes me feel like they're gonna end up retaining here. Um I'm hoping that the feud continues. Um I want to see them feature the Lucha Brothers more, and I don't know if you know, it's just more of a scheduling thing, but I feel like they haven't wrestled that much since winning those titles. I will say, I'm interested to see how this match pans out. Um, not the last match they had where FTR was, you know, dressed up as the frog luchadors, whatever the hell they're calling themselves. Um, but the match before that was actually kind of clunky. I don't know if you remember that. It was like when FTR first showed up on the scene. Um, they just didn't seem to click. I don't know if it was a communication thing, but I feel like that probably ha- has them like wanting to prove something. So I ex- mm-hmm. I really expect like a five-star match, honestly, you know, from this. So I'm really looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, I always have a good time with the Lucha Brothers and FTR has been nothing but spectacular since they've joined AEW. But I, as you said, like after they've beat them for the titles, for the uh, AAA titles, I can't imagine them beating them for the AEW yeah. titles.
0: It's way too soon. And I don't think the Lucha Brothers has really... They haven't had a title defense yet, right? For the AEW belts? I think they did. I think they did like almost a week oh, or two after. you know what? You're right. They They faced off against the Acclaim. Yes. You're right. So they've had Which... like one title defense. Yeah. <laughs> Well, regardless, I still feel like it's too soon. Give them a little bit of a run, because I mean, it took them long enough to get the belts, right? Exactly. Honestly, like when when they when AEW started, I felt like they were going to be champions within the first like two or three months. So the fact that it took them all the way to just what a couple months ago to win those belts, um, is surprising. So, yeah, now let them have a run. Damn it.
1: Well, up next, we have a Minneapolis street fight between the Inner Circle and the Men of the Year featuring American Top Team. And the members from the American Top Team that were decided upon by the Inner Circle were Junior DeSantos,
0: Andre Arlovsky, I believe, and then Dan Lambert. So I think this is going to be a classic, like, you know, heel manager wrestling match, you know, whether, you know, the managers in the shark cage Or, you know, in the tag match and kind of cowering in the corner, Uh, we pretty much know the formula here. You know, it's all Mm -hmm. about, you know, the manager finally getting his comeuppance, and that's what we're going to get here. Uh, You know, they'll build it and build it and build it till Lambert has no choice but get into the ring with Jericho. And Jericho will finally get his revenge after, you know, getting embarrassed by him, you know, on Dynamite this past week.
1: It's like you can see the future,
0: Damon. <laughs> I've just watched a whole
1: lot of wrestling. <laughs> uh-huh. No, I, I definitely think Inner Circle is winning this match, hands down. Up next, we have our finals for the Championship Eliminator Tournament with Brian Danielson going up against God's Chosen One, Miro. The
0: Redeemer. Um, the Redeemer. <laughs> so I've been going back and forth with this one, um, but I feel like Miro's going to actually pick up the win here. Just because the announcers on Dynamite were really kind of playing up the insane schedule uh, and the the crazy amount of matches Brian has had since he's entered Mm -hmm. AEW. He's pretty much like wrestled on almost every show. Uh, So, and Miro, he's actually fresh because he hasn't wrestled anything besides, you know, the one tournament match he's had since he's lost the belt to Sammy. So and they just made a point to bring that up a couple times. They were just really talking up all the different, you know, opponents that Brian's had, you know, since entering the company and just kind of the breakneck pace that, you know, he's been on. So, you know, I could see that coming into play in the match and being like part of Mm -hmm. the storyline.
1: Like, I definitely think they'll still go for quite a while and we'll see Brian kicking out of insane amount oh, of yeah, punishment. Absolutely.
0: absolutely. It's not going to be a squash match or anything like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I definitely feel like that it's going to play into the storyline if, you know, Brian mm. does lose the match. Uh, you know, Miro just happens to be fresher and it makes sense. I mean, that's the more realistic, you know, sports angle, if you will. Um, also, once again, storyline-wise, You know, I go back to, you know, my prediction of Hangman winning the title. (laughs) So it makes more sense for Miro to be his first opponent than Brian, just because I feel like Mm. it'll hurt Hangman's, like, momentum as champion if he has to, like, face off against a super baby face like Danielson. So, I mean, give him that ultimate heel opponent. I mean, have a rampaging, like, Miro, no pun intended uh to go up against, you know, Paige. Um, you know, and maybe, you know, Miro finally gets to see his wife finally, who I have no idea where the hell she's been, but <laughs> in every promo I'm- he's desperately talking about getting back to his wife. So
1: I was like, is he using this as a metaphor for the title? I was like, what's no I what's going on? I here? wouldn't be surprised
0: if she shows <laughs> up in uh, on Full gear. Honestly, like, you know, but we've been saying that for the last, you know, like handful of big matches that Miro's had. Yeah. I mean, he's he's been like, you know, predominantly like featuring her in like most of the promos. It's like God and his wife. So, um, <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised if she finally does make an appearance, you know, maybe even on the pay-per-view. I don't know. I, I, perhaps we'll see God as well, you know? <laughs> <laughs> God only tags with Shawn Michaels, Christian. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Trust me, you don't want to know.
1: But my official stamp on this match is, of course, Miro as well, because of the exact same reason I think Hangman is winning that title. That being said, I
0: mean, I would love to see, you know, Brian versus Hangman. I, th- I think that'd be a great match. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel like they're going that direction.
1: If they do, I feel like it'll be a non-title
0: match on TV. At some well, point. and if you think about it, too, like, if Kenny loses the belt, like he can still go into a feud with, you know, Brian here. Because yeah. that did feel like the direction that Brian was headed in, um, you know, a collision course with Omega. And if the title's out of the picture, Omega doesn't have an excuse not to wrestle him anymore. You know, mm. it's not a case of, oh, well, you need to be the number one contender. You need to work your way up the card. You know, they could just do an angle on basically being the best in the world. Yeah, let's get a uh, series of seven here. I'm all for it. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> well, up next, we have the AEW Women's World Championship match between Dr. Britt Baker and Ty Conti. Britt. <laughs> yeah. Is there any question? I- no, but I, I do appreciate that they're giving Ty Conti a chance at the title. At no, least.
0: I agree. And, you know, she's shown tons of improvement since, you know, joining AEW. But at the same time, I don't feel like she's really a, like a believable contender. Um, Just because I like I said, storyline wise, it, it would make no sense for her to win the belt here. Um, they mm-hmm. haven't done enough to really build her up. It just feels like a match for the sake of a match, unfortunately. Um, and I, there are so many talented like women wrestlers now on the roster that I would much rather see go against Britt. And not to take anything away from Ty, but you know, I still do feel like she's a little green in there. Um, and I know she's been doing it for a handful of years, but you could still see her kind of like, like thinking a little too much in the ring. Like it's still not mm. like coming completely natural. And I mean, she could possibly get there, but like, this just feels like almost like a placeholder, you know, it'll be great experience for Ty and everything like that. And uh, like I said, and maybe one day she will be a future champion, but I just don't feel like that time is now. Um And I just feel like there's so many other women I'd rather see getting the shot right now um, who just feel more worthy. Serena Deeb, uh, Layla Hirsch, Thunder Rosa, you know, uh, a rematch with Ruby. I mean, and I feel like the roster is going to continue to grow. We did get that small little tease between
1: Thunder Rosa and Brett Baker during their six-man this week, during their trios match.
0: No, that's definitely on the horizon. And I honestly think that's the only reason why I don't see... Thunder Rosa winning the uh, TBS title, because I think they want to, you know, Mm -hmm. keep her open for a match against Britt, you know, down the line, you know, for the championship.
1: But all right, here we are. The AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page. And I think we've been talking about it all card long. We both definitely think Hangman's going to win, but there's always a chance, David always i
0: guess but man that would be (laughs) such a fucking downer (laughs) because if you think about it it's really been like what like a year and a half build towards this match yes you know from them tagging together to you know page kind of turning on you know the elite to the elite turning on page um you know and everything in between i mean it just feels like the perfect time you know for them to finally pull the trigger. To give Paige the title run that he literally was talking about at that first press conference. I don't know if you remember that. Um, You know, when they announced, you know, the brand. It's just hard for me to see a scenario where Paige doesn't walk away with that belt. Because I just feel like you run the risk of really, like, losing momentum with the story. And kind of having fans kind of lose interest. So I think they should pull the trigger now. You know, I think Paige is super over and would make a great champion.
1: No, I'm on the same page. I think you know, he should be champion at this point.
0: We've been waiting for this storyline for so long. We've seen seats like before the pandemic even happened. I could see this, you know, being the match of the night, if not like a match of the year contender. Um, mm. I'm just super stoked to see it, honestly.
1: I mean, we have several matches on this card that could be match of the year contender at this point. Though. No, I, it's, it's I agree,
0: but none have the storyline that this has at this True. point. So, <laughs> and It's just high drama at its best. Uh, is, is this endgame for you? <laughs> no nothing's endgame for me Christian. no <laughs> <laughs> how dare you sir even bring up endgame i mean no but this is definitely aw's endgame right now well we're only two days away from
1: it and you can join us next week to find out if our predictions came true
0: that's right and hear if we actually think the uh card lived up to the hype i think it will though absolutely it's gonna totally shit the bed now we just jinxed <laughs> A.W. <laughs> They'll oh be out God. of business Hang in Man's two months. Injured. <laughs> We're the worst. Well, that does it for this week. That's right. And as a friendly reminder, if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, remember to subscribe, rate and give us a five star review.
1: Exactly. It sure does help an independent podcast like ours to continue to grow.
0: And while you're at it, make sure to tell a friend. Plus, if you like any of the stories we talked about on this week's episode, make sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to catch the full articles, trailers, memes, and more.
1: That's right. You can follow us at Amazing Nerd Show on all social media platforms. And hey, if you're looking for extra content, make sure to catch our streams every weekend on Twitch, plus YouTube videos Monday through Friday.
0: Want to support the show further? you can head over to tpublic.com and get yourself some amazing nerd show merch. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, and more. And if you post what you bought and tag us on social media, we'll send you some additional nerd swag if you live in the United States. Well, all right, David. what are we talking about next week? Well, Christian, we're gonna be celebrating the Hawkeye series being right around the corner by counting down our top moments of the MCU Disney Plus shows.
1: Plus, as we mentioned at the end of wrestling, we're gonna be reviewing AEW's full gear my name's christian my name's damon and that was the amazing nerd show spider-man used to make me
0: feel safe now i'm afraid to walk home from work my son thought the
1: world of this guy i have a nine-year-old daughter loves spider-man who's she supposed to look up to now this is the guy
0: that gave the key to the city to?
1: i'm gonna put some dirt in your eye